Whoa, the semi-finals are done and I'm pretty sure no one expected it to pan out that way. Pakistan won by 7 wickets against a consistent Kiwi side and England thrashed Giants India by 10 wickets. The fragile batting lineup that New Zealand possessed and the Bumrah-less weak bowling attack of India, the cause of their demise. New Zealand lost the game in the opening overs of both innings. They lost Finalen in the first of theirs and dropped Bauer in the first ball of Pakistan's. The matchup against Shaheen was always going to be tough, but a first over wicket was unexpected. New Zealand, after scoring a modest total of 152, also gave a life to captain Babar Azam in the first ball of their innings, with keeper Conway putting it down. New Zealand were never in the game in the second half, with the duo of Babar and Rizwan near their irrepressible best. Their 105 run stand coming in just 12.4 overs, taking the game out of New Zealand's reach. Their find of their tournament, Mohammad Harris, produced a vital knock of 30 to finish off the game, taking Pakistan to their second T20 World Cup final. Elsewhere in Adelaide, India were off to a bad start, losing both their openers again within the first 10 overs. The out-of-form Rohit struggled to a 27-ball 27 before being put out of his misery by Jordan, who replaced the injured Mark Wood. India was reeling at 100 in 15 overs before Hardik came out all guns blazing to hit a 33-ball 63 and take India to a par total of 168. The second innings was all England. Hales and Butler never let India in the game. With the absence of experienced wicket-taking bowlers, Bumrah and Chahel showing. Hales finished with a player of the match 87 and Butler with 80. And England chased down the total with 4 overs and 10 wickets to spare, cruising into the finals of the T20 World Cup. A World Cup final clash between pre-tournament favourites England and Pakistan who have had a magical run in the World Cup. They didn't expect to get out from the group stages after a loss to India and one to Zimbabwe, but they beat all odds, defeating South Africa, getting a little help from a small nation in Europe, Netherlands, and eventually making their own destiny. England also had a bad start to the World Cup, losing to noisy neighbours Ireland, but then playing well to win against New Zealand and eventually reaching the semi-finals on net run rate, kicking out world champions and world giants Australia. There will be some nervous looks skyward in the coming days in Melbourne, with rain threatening the final at the MCG on Sunday, raising the prospect of the reserve day being needed and even a shared trophy. If play does start, the overcast conditions will favour bowlers. Expect the pitch to swing at the beginning and later favour the slower bowlers with the big grounds also providing help for them. The batsmen should look to hit the gaps and run the quick doubles and triples and the ones and twos could decide the outcomes of the match. The ground might favour Pakistan's duo of Babar and Rizwan who tend to run hard over the hit-hard English style of play. Pakistan have already played once in this ground, their first against India and hence might hold the upper hand. That match against India showed the importance of keeping your wicket in the initial overs and taking the game till the end. 
Pakistan's openers could also look to play out Adil Rashid, who has been very economical this whole tournament and spun a web around the Indian batting lineup in the semi-finals. One of the openers should play the whole innings and look to hit hard during the back end of the inning. The young Harris could look to increase the run rate in the middle overs and hit hard. They should promote Nawaz as a pinch hitter if any one of the openers stay at the crease after 10 overs and demote Shan Masood down the order. Pakistan also have a plethora of bowling options in, with six specialists. Superman Shadab's tight economy rate and wicket-taking ability could be the X-factor while they will sweat on Nawaz's form with both bat and ball. Alex Hales, on the other hand, will not back down and expect him to attack from ball one. Butler, meanwhile, should look to play through the initial overs and accelerate at the back end, which he's perfectly capable of doing. England should promote Stokes to number three in case Butler falls early to anchor the innings, but should bring Salt or Livingston at three if Hales gets going to keep the momentum. Expect England to be flexible with their batting order. Although England's strength is their batting, their so-called weak bowling unit has stepped up this tournament. Karan, England's highest wicket-taker, is in the form of his life, with an economy of just 6.4. Although Rashid has not picked up as many wickets as he would have liked, he has been very economical and hard to hit this tournament. But England will miss the express pace of Mark Wood and would need Jordan to fill in, fill in his shoes. They also need Wokes to get swing early and the early wickets will be crucial. For England, a win could mean them holding both the white ball trophies at the same time. This could also be the final chance for Ali and Rashid to lift a T20 World Cup, both at the end of their careers. Both teams will most likely not think of with winning combinations and will play the same level unless Mark Wood is deemed fit, in which case Jordan will make way. The final hurdle could become an enthralling low scorer if Rain does not intervene. If Rain does abandon this match, it would be the first time that a T20 World Cup trophy is shared between two teams. Going into the final match, both teams would favour their chances at lifting the T20 World Cup trophy.